Hi, my name is Anthony and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. A podcast about Thai football with great theme tunes. Rajaburi and Nakhon Patok United. You can hear that the fans are very, very packed in the stadium. Rajaburi bring their fans very loudly today. We hope the game will be excited and hope the Dragons can win the game. Let's hope for the best. Come on, you Dragons! Thanks, Risa. We'll get back to you later to see how the match went. In the meantime, hello, Rob. Hiya, Dale. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, mate. I've had a busy few days, but everything seems to be quiet and settled now. So, yeah, all good. How about yourself? Well, we ended up watching a match and a half, me and my friend, last Wednesday, but uh, a blank attendance for me this weekend. Watch plenty of football on TV to make up for it. Very unusual for you, Rob. You can usually find something to watch in the flesh. Oh, a game a week's enough. Or a game and a half in this case. So you're only gonna yeah. you're only gonna go to half a match next week then. <laughs> well, it depends if I'm uh, removed from the stadium, I guess. I, I've done that. I've turned up at half time for games unknowingly, and when everybody disappeared at what I thought was the end of the first period, I was very shocked. But that's that's happened a couple of times actually. Yeah, it's better than missing it altogether. Anyway, plenty to talk about this week. So where do you want to start? Shall we start on Friday night? Yes, the return of T1, Bangkok United against Mung Tong United at the Thunderdome. So I didn't see it myself, but I think you watched it, didn't you? I did. I thought it was a bit of an anti-climax, if I'm honest, Dale. It seemed like one of those games where you wouldn't have been shocked if it was nil-nil. But it probably did the game a big favour, Mung Tong opening the scoring. Made Bangkok United go for it. And a late winner as well. Indeed, indeed. And, and uh, a bit of local interest for me, Pocklau's parents, who uh, created some tremendous crosses for the Bangkok goals. His parents just live around the corner from us. So, yeah, nice bit of local interest. Nice to see him having a good game. Could you hear them cheering when the match was on? No, no, no. <laughs> I'd like to think I brought him round here and taught him how to cross the ball, but I can't claim credit for that. Good to have T1 back, wasn't it? Although the, the attendance was slightly disappointing, I felt. Shocking. I thought there'd be seven or 8,000. Yeah, it was just over four, wasn't it? Which was, yeah, a big surprise. I thought, you know, there'd been a six-week gap. The national team seems to have revived a bit of interest in the local game and local derby as well. I mean, even though it was a Friday night, it shouldn't really be any excuse for, for such a low turn. Out, I don't think. No, and, and to be fair, Bangkok United support was poultry as well. Uh, I thought they might have had a few more, you know, top of the league. They're not going to get many more. It's easier for many of the Bangkok United fans to get to than their home games. It's surprising, isn't it? Uh, like you said, they are top of the league and playing well and doing well in the AFC Champions League, but they, they still can't get the crowds, can they? No, you can understand it at Tamasat to a degree, but these local derbies in Bangkok, it's heaven sent opportunity to go along and cheer them, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Well, well, we'll have to see if the crowds grow over the second half of the season, if they maintain this good run. I think they've got a, a long spell of away games coming up, though, haven't they? Yeah, one of the foremost Farang supporters has mentioned it a time or two on Twitter. I think that's where I saw it, actually. <laughs> yeah, is it something like seven on the trot away from home? Yeah, it's, it's a shame and everything, but that's the price of success, isn't it? Four of them are the cup, to be fair. So it's probably not as bad as it sounds, but it, it's still quite a, a long time not to be playing at home. And as we know, Mungtong United did it earlier in the season and it's it had quite an adverse effect on them, didn't it? But returning to home doesn't seem to have improved their fortunes very much. If Friday night's anything to go by. No, no, they weren't great. They weren't great. The guy, I do apologise, I forget his name, the guy that had the spell over at Leicester had a good game in midfield. Hello, I'm Steve Darby, ex-coach of Thailand, and you're listening to the new Thai football podcast. You may think some of this is fiction, but if you know your Thai football, as these lads do, it isn't. It's real, but no one will ever believe you. Anyway, the rest of the weekend, there are a few interesting results. I have to mention John Bree's defeat at Konken United, which was the only game I managed to watch, actually. So I feel qualified to comment on that and nothing else. What's your thoughts, Dale? Well, first half, we were terrible. Absolutely woeful. Balance of play, they were the better side. So I, I, it's one of these things, isn't it, about football? You know, the, the balance of play, 1-0 was probably a fair reflection of that first half. But for me, the goal was offside. In real time, seeing it straight away, he looked offside. The ref's assistant gave it. There was no complaints from the Konken United players. And then all of a sudden, our old friend Var intervenes and strange, crazy lines are drawn seemingly at random. And then the goal's given. It, it's funny because it's been quite a long time since I've watched a match that's had VAR in it. So I kind of forget how annoying it is, even though it's it's something that bugs me so much. So to, to go I- behind in that manner, and especially practically the last kick of the half was very disappointing. There's a slight improvement second half, but, you know, we, we can't afford to be losing games like that. I mean, you know, the old cliche, six-pointer. And, you know, we find ourselves cut further adrift. And Wednesday, we've got Terror at home, police Terror, which is, again, reverting to cliches, a must-win game. I think if we lose that, that's that's it. That'll be... I can't see any way back. We have to win on Wednesday. Yeah. And just mentioning Vardell, it's funny you say that. On Friday night, there was a VAR check for a penalty, which was absolutely hideous. It was bonkers. You know, I was following it on social media as well, and nobody could believe what they were seeing. And the problem is these guys have had a couple of months off and they want to be noticed again. There's probably an element of that. I mean, I, I just, the more I see it now, the more it annoys me. Like, it really, really annoys me. It, like I said, most of the football I watch these days doesn't have it. T1 is probably the only league that I watch that uses it. So yeah, it, it does. It, it really bugs me. I, I think we should get rid of it. And it, it's one of these things, isn't it? Brenner missed a really good opportunity in the second half for Conken United. And that's all part of the game, human error. Like he doesn't get a second chance, does he? He's through on no. goal. He's only got the keeper to beat and he, he shoots wide. That's it. He's made a mistake and it's part of the game. You know, he can't say, oh, just a minute, can we just rewind and I'll do that again and I could probably score this time, which effectively is what VAR does. 
I, I don't know. It just just annoys me, Rob. And nothing that anybody will say will ever convince me to change my mind about VAR. I didn't want it in the first place, and I, I want it even less now. Well, you mentioned Tero there, and there was an incident in the game last night against Port. Port were given a penalty, and it went to VAR, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It was the most stonewall penalty you've ever seen. Honey, clean somebody up. You know, somebody says, oh, he might have got a touch on the ball. Well, I, I did mention on social media, was it his left? Left or right, because it was a shocking challenge. I could see it from here on the other end of the country. I mean, I can't comment on that in, in incident because I didn't see it, but that's just... Sorry, the VAR bloke didn't see it, obviously, otherwise you'd have told the referee to stop wasting time. It's it's a mess, and the sooner we're rid of it, the better for me. Anyway, let's let's move on. You've mentioned Port against Police Terror, a game you watched. So how was that, VAR incidents aside? Well, I'll tell you what... Port were outstanding, Dale. They would have beaten anybody last night. They're on a roll. Charlie Clough again, superb. In fact, some Terro fans, I know expats who stayed with us the other week, they were at the game and they weren't sure of the player. They said, who's that 28 for Port? He's superb. And he was. He was absolutely outstanding. And it sets the benchmark for the rest of the team. One thing I would say, they know the football to the lads who go and watch Terro and they would be happy that they only lost by four. But to the credit, there were a man down after about an hour, a correct decision, a shocking challenge. But they went for it. They, they didn't decide to shut up shop and damage limitation. They kept going forward and created a couple of good chances. Good attitude. Yeah, they seem to be on a roll, don't they? Still very much in the title bite. Just looking mm. at the top top of the table now, top four are a long way clear of everyone else. Do you, I mean, <laughs> I know it's become a running joke on this programme, Rob, but are you sticking by your Bury Ram United prediction? I am, yeah, yeah. Although Bangkok did impress me. The way they didn't play particularly well on Friday, but they found a way. And that, that is a good sign when you're chasing honours. Again, we'll drag another cliche out. If you can play badly and win, that is a good sign, isn't it? But I think now you've got... So you've got the top four. You've got Bangkok United on 37, Buriram on 33, Port on 32, and BG Patam United on 30. They've all played 16 games. Two horse race, or do you think Port or BG Patam United could launch a serious challenge? It's so unpredictable, and it's a great uh, feature of the league this year. Anybody can take points off each other. So you've got to say it's a four-horse race. I mean, after that, Dell, it's virtually a 10-team tombola who goes down. Oh, the, the bottom of the table's crazy, isn't it? I mean, Chiang Rai United are in fifth, and they've got 22 points. And then the team at the... In 14th place, which is the last relegation slot, I've got 17. That's trapped. So it's, it is. It's absolute madness, isn't it? 11 points separate fifth from bottom, which is crazy. You won't want to be doing many fixed odds coupons on tie League One this season. Seriously, no. anybody, anybody. Lampoon was superb last night, but ran out of gas against Buriram. I turned over, by the way. It was 1-0 to Lampoon, so I apologise to any Lampoon fans. As soon as I turned over, Buriram equalised. That's your jinx, isn't it? It, it even, uh, even applies when you're watching on the telly, by the sound of it. Well, Jamie complains and wants me not to go anywhere near the uh, Thundercastle. So I did them a bit of good last night. Well, if, if Chombray are winning at half-time on Wednesday night and you're watching, keep watching, Rob. Don't turn off. I'm afraid, I'm afraid my attention might be on the Port Montong game Wednesday night, where hopefully, and we're still waiting for official confirmation, away fans might be allowed for the first time in nine years, which is going to yeah. be a welcome development. 
Oh, absolutely. It's long overdue, isn't it? And funnily enough, you mentioned this in an earlier episode. Now, think about the timing of it. I haven't seen anybody else say this on social media, but the timing of it is interesting. When you consider who's moved on from Port, and the minute that person has gone, all of a sudden, we're looking at having away fans allowed back in again. And you said a few weeks ago that Pang would be happy for the band to stay in place as long as she was involved in Port because she didn't want anything to derail her challenge for the head of of the FAT. So do you think it's a coincidence? A massive coincidence. But hey, can you imagine if she has to discipline Port if there's disorder on Wednesday night? Well, that's, yeah, that's another factor, something I've not considered. But I I read on one of the Port, either the, the Facebook fan page or a Twitter account, I can't remember which one now, that she's been instrumental in getting the ban lifted. And I just find it strange that she she was there all that time and didn't seem to make any effort. And then the minute she's, how can I put this? The minute she's no longer associated with the club, it looks like the ban's going to be lifted. I find that quite strange. And it's a great start to her tenure, isn't it? Look at me, look what I've done for Thai football. Yeah, definitely. It's a coincidence. We're very, very cynical. But putting all that aside, it is it is a step in the right direction, definitely. And I just hope the match passes off without incident. I can't see anything happening, to be honest. I, I think, you know, again, it's all it's all about perspective, isn't it? And, you know, you're just, as, as I found out, you're a couple of years younger than me. But when we <laughs> were going to football, but I can remember my earliest days watching football, there were just fights the whole time, before the match, during the match, after the match. It doesn't compare, does it, what we've got now? You know, these incidents, and especially in Thailand, you know, they are very isolated. Well, I always laugh when it was either at Port or Mong Tong and there was a big banner behind the goal that said, Welcome to Hell. They've obviously not beat a Millwall on a Tuesday night. That always made me laugh. I remember Paul Hewitt when he used to write for the Big Chili magazine. He did a whole article on that. And I think the title of it is Welcome to Hell, Not Really. And that was pretty much the gist of of what he said. You know, there is no comparison. You know, Thai football, thankfully, doesn't have that level of of hatred and vitriol that we quite often see, certainly over here and in other parts of the world, obviously. So, yeah, fingers crossed, everything passes off quietly and there are no no issues on Wednesday night. Yeah, Valentine's Day, funny enough. Uh, A personal appeal from me, uh, I'm at the next home game at Port, so please behave, I want to take my friends to it. Yeah, you don't want a stadium band, do you? Closing the ground for the next six weeks or whatever. I've already found out that it's a religious day and there might not be any booze in town, so I think I need a stadium ban as well. That's when I go, by the way, not Wednesday. So that'll be the week after, will it? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the 24th. Hi, my name is Jamie and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. A wonderful insight into the world of Thai football and the diversity of the fans that follow the wonderful game. He opened the programme for us this week. It's great to have him back. So we'll just check in on Riza. And here he is with his post-match report from what I would consider a local derby, Nakon Patom United against Ratbury, which happened at the weekend. Ties to the podcast. Match reports. And Rajabu wins the game in the last minute goal from a header. A debutant 
Matheus Lima from Brazil. He scores to make the Ratchaburi win the game and today Ratchaburi up the table in sixth position. Come on you dragons! Hey, thanks Reza. It's good to hear your voice. We've missed you mate. Yeah, and a good crowd for as you say, Dale, a local derby of it. Around two and a half thousand there, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Sounds like a good game. Again, I think there was a VAR incident in that, wasn't it? One of the Nacon Baton players got sent off for an elbow after a VAR check. Again, I can't comment because I didn't see it, but... The busy boys this weekend of AAR, it's like it's as though the trigger happy. As, as you said, you know, they've, they've had a break. They want to be back in the spotlight, don't they? Hi, my name is Fran and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. Everything you ever wanted to know about Thai football and so much more. What do you reckon to T2, Dale, after this weekend? T2, well, it's nice to see my tips for promotion are now five points clear at the top. Nongbua Pitchaya. So they're looking good for an immediate return to the top flight. And then it's a bit of a scrap, isn't it? Some surprising score lines. I think Chiang Mai's win at Nakhon Sea United. Huge victory in the context of the whole season. Uh, Nakhon Ratchasima dropping points at home to Patia, who are on a bit of a run, aren't they, Patia United? Don't rule them out. I think Automatic's mm. probably beyond them, but by the playoffs, definitely. Yeah, I don't think many teams will want to go there in a two-legged match. It's very tight, isn't it, at the top? Yeah, yeah. I think the three at the bottom have more or less gone on holiday. I think so. I mean, we said weeks ago, didn't we, that they looked like they were doomed back then. And, I, and the only other kind of teams around them seem to have picked up. China are on a good run. So, yeah, it's it's all at the top in that, that division to see what happens. And it's quite tight again, isn't it? That You know, the concertina in positions and trying to get in those playoffs. You know, it's it's going to be tight to the end. I think you've made a good call with Nongbua. Yeah, I've been very impressed with them. Like I said, they're, they're one of the only teams I've actually seen live this season. And they look very good. They dispatched a very young, inexperienced Navy side. But they look well organised. And obviously, they, they've got that ability to grind out results. And now there's a bit of a gap opened up. It, it's hard to see them being caught, isn't it? It is. And and it's good that the, the playoffs are starting to take shape in T3 now, the teams that have qualified. Yeah, I saw that this morning, the graphic there. So there's our our friends, Bangkok FC. They do impress me. And full credit to them, they're making a big effort. And what a dream season for them. They had part in the League Cup at home. And in the FA Cup, they've been rewarded with Buriram at home. Two big money spinners and building attention to themselves, you know. It's good. It's good. It is, and, and a good indicator of the level they're at as well. I think if you know if they can hold their own against top flight sides, then it bodes well for next season, doesn't it? Because I, I I think they'll go up. They're playing with confidence, and it's difficult to see them being overhauled. Really, I mean, obviously, once you get into those, what do they do? They still call it the Champions League. I'm not sure. It's a silly name, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you, you were for calling it the Champions League when a fourth place team can win it. That's silly as well. I think that we'll leave that discussion for another day. But no, it's, it's shaping up well, isn't it? The T3 and, and your two teams that you've been keeping an eye on this season are both through, aren't they? They both qualified for the playoffs. Can I make a, a very early prediction that will probably laugh at me in a few weeks? I think in the northern section that Marisarakam and Sisaka will be the top two sides. And I'm going to go in the south for Ang Tong and Bangkok FC. So I don't know which order those two teams will finish in each section because the top one automatically goes up. And then the second in the north and south, 
playoff for the third promotion place. So you're not going to predict who's going to join the automatic promotion sides then? No, no, I'm not Mystic Meg. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a couple of weeks when things are a bit clearer. When they go haywire, you mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, other big news. The League Cup draw was made a couple of hours ago. So some interesting fixtures. I'll just run through them all. So we've got Satoon will host Mungtong United. Pratchuap will play Port. Chombrier at home to BG Patum United. Conken United are at home to Tracts. Songkla, I've got a local derby against Chiang Rai United. He said with his <laughs> tongue tucked firmly in his cheek. Ratbury will host Bangkok United. Burirama at home, surprise, surprise, to Udon Thani. And Lampoon Warrior will play Sukhothai. So there's... Some interesting games there. Anything that jumps out at you, Rob? Yeah, the hot ball is alive and kicking entire League Cup draws. They put their hand in the velvet bag. Watch out for the hot ball. That's Burry Ram. Make sure they're at home or away to a poor team. They do seem to get a lot of home draws. Maybe that's just my imagination. The tune against Mungtong United could be interesting, given Mungtong's recent form. They won't be looking forward to going there, will they? No, no. Are you happy with John Brees? Dale, you've already knocked some out the FA Cup. I am, to be honest. I mean, anyone at home is is the mantra, isn't it, for a cup draw, really? So I'm quite happy with that. Chance to progress to the last eight. Chances are they'll rest a few players. We do have a history of playing a strong side in cup competitions. I mean, it'd be ironic if we got to both finals and got relegated, wouldn't it? I don't think anybody's done that before. I can think of teams who've got to finals and been relegated, but not two domestic finals and gone down in the same season. Probably how sad I am. The immediate reaction was Brighton reached the English FA Cup final and went down. Yeah, I think Wigan did it, didn't they? Leicester City did it as well in 69, I think. Blimey. You're obviously, you're a lot older than me, Dale. Yeah, well, that's the first cup final I remember that. 1969. I can still name the two teams, but I'm not going to, so don't worry. Funny enough, I can remember in the garden at my granddad's kicking a ball about and imagining I was enacting the Leeds Chelsea final. Obviously, nobody available to go around kicking me, but uh, you know what I mean. Absolute classic, that. Both games, absolutely brilliant. And, and again, what sticks out for me, I know we're getting off the subject, it's not Thai football, but what sticks out for me in those two games, the socks. I don't know if you remember, in one of the games, Leeds had to wear red socks with their white kit. And in the other game, Chelsea had to wear yellow socks with their blue kit. And that, even though I watched in black and white, that sticks out for me for some reason. I don't know why. And thank goodness there was no VAR involved. Recently, well, I say recently, a few years ago, a modern-day referee sat down and watched that final, and he said by the end of it, it would have been abandoned. There'd have been that many players sent off. (laughs) Anyway, we're digressing. Hi, my name's John, and I'm listening to Thai Football Podcast, the Thinking Person's Thai Football Podcast. We're going to close this week. We've got we've had a couple of listener questions, something we were doing a while ago, but we've we've had a couple more sent in. So we always welcome these if anybody wants to submit something and we'll try our best to answer them. So the first one, I guess, is mainly for you, Rob. It's from David. And David wants to know, he said, would you rather go to a T1 game with a full house or go to a T3 game with a few dozen supporters, which would be your preference? It depends which game offers me a full belly and a good day out. If it doesn't have some social activity, then I don't want to know. But any, any, I'd, I'd go to any, I'd go to the semi-pro, I'd go to the amateurs, 
As long as it's a good day out, I'm easy. Good answer. And our second question comes from Val. My friend Val actually has sent a question in. And Val's tearing her hair out at the moment. And she's asking a question that's been asked many times over the years. Why do the dates of the fixtures keep on changing? It's driving me mad and messing with my calendar. Welcome to Thailand. No, in all seriousness, football here, it's different things to different people. To us for Angs, who we're used to, you know, everything being planned months in advance, we're used to it, aren't we? We're very orderly. Whereas Thais are very resourceful. If something changes within five minutes, they just adapt, don't they, and get on with it. You can't make plans, Dale, if you live here. So, you know, and football's not that high in importance, is it, to a lot of ties? And the presume you just get on with it, you know. It is, it is frustrating, but that's the way it is. It won't ever change. I don't think it will. It, it's pretty much been the same ever since I've been watching. I can remember a couple of seasons where we didn't have the lengthy breaks that we have now and the fixture list was adhered to quite closely. But yeah, I mean, it, I think for a lot of people, I mean, I, I, I can understand why there was a long break for the recent AFC Asian Cup. That was fine. But quite often when there's meaningless games, it does get annoying. But as you say, you know, why should we worry about it if they're happy to go on and, and do it? You know, they, the league seems quite content, doesn't it, to let it happen. And it doesn't seem to be an issue for many of the Thai fans. So, yeah, just go with the flow, I think, as annoying as it is at times. You, you'll remember, you've got a better memory than me. Can you remember the time when I was going to bring friends up from Patty to watch a Chambury uh, midweek game? And then the the start of the previous week, they changed the last six weeks of fixtures. I do. I remember it very well. Again, a, a perfect example of how annoying it can be. Anyway, that's it for this week. So thank you very much for listening. Midweek fixtures, if you go into a game, enjoy. If you go into watch Port against Mung Tong, behave yourselves. And thanks to Val and David for their contributions. Thanks to Reza. And thanks to you, Rob. It's been great to catch up. And I shall see you soon. Yeah, thanks, Dale. And thanks very much for everyone who passes the information on as they get it, as well as contributing. It doesn't half help us put the show together. And you might have something a little bit special next week to listen to folks. And on that bombshell... (laughs) 